Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. If you've been following in the Valley, then you know that Kristen Gillespie is one of the top young coaches, not only in the Valley, but across the country, off to a tremendous start in league play at nine and two and winners of three in a row. Coach Gillespie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, so um, I think a lot of people know um, our roots are based in North Carolina through NC State. So we're going to get to that in a second because you've done some remarkable things, but First, I want to talk about your team. I want you to tell everyone about Juju Redmond and the All-American like year she's having and the numbers that she's putting up because they're absolutely phenomenal. I mean, they stack up with any Power Five player. You know, the the great thing about Juju, she came back for her fifth year and, you know, she wanted she had really set goals for herself and for our team. And, you know, we didn't start out really well. And it was, you know, you can look at our schedule and it was a head scratcher to all of us. But she just had such a tremendous belief in our team and our staff. And, and she was the one that was just so steadfast and, Hey, everything's going to be okay. We're just fi figuring things out. And I tell you what, over the last, I don't know, about three weeks, the level of play that she is uh, exhibiting, she has taken it to a different level. She's been playing with a ton of urgency as, as most seniors do, but I, I didn't even know she had this level in her. Uh, and the great thing is she's just impacting the game in every possible way. I mean, she has had multiple, you know, seven, eight, nine assist games. She's scoring at a high level. Uh, you know, she's the, the ultimate team player. Chris, she's had six games over 20. She's had a 30. She had a 34 on Northern Iowa. So she has definitely impacted scoring. From an IQ standpoint, she was a junior college All-American kid. We knew she was athletic. We knew she could go from point A to point B as fast as anyone in the league. Where have you seen her greatest growth in terms of being a leader? Oh, man. You know, I think her greatest growth within our program is her commitment and desire to guard. Uh, you know, I think that was the one thing that we knew she was a talented offensive player, really gifted passer. Uh, but, you know, in the first two years, I think with her leadership, you know, she lost a, a, just a tad bit of credibility on that defensive end, you know, and we always would joke, Ju is such a great young woman. We, you know, we have a great relationship. We, we can joke her and we can ride her pretty hard about defense, but, you know, she really has stepped up to the challenge this year. She wants to be a great two-way player. And I just think our team has followed suit. You know, they know that she's not taking any plays off on either end. And, and I think that's really helped us take big strides on the defensive end uh, because they know that, hey, she's locked in and she's doing everything that we're asking her to do. I think sometimes culture and when people talk about it can be somewhat cliche. Everybody talks about culture. Not everyone knows exactly uh, or is willing to put in the kind of tough love that's required for to have or to have the kind of culture of discipline and execution that you want to have. Uh, no, things haven't always come easy for Juju and, and you have absolutely watched this young woman really morph from what she was to what she is now. Have you ever been around any players like her that have taken on that kind of responsibility and accountability, knowing that that one bad choice could go the wrong way? Yeah, you know, and that's, 
you know, Juju isn't real public about her story, but I tell you what, talk about a, a young woman that was dealt a really tough hand and, and an unfair hand for, for, you know, no, not her fault in, in any shape or form. And she just, she keeps rising through all the challenges and she just keeps, you know, she's, uh, every now and then you get an opportunity to, to coach someone that is going to impact your life. And she has made me a better person just being around her and the love that I have for her as a human being far our ways what she does on the court and it's just you know she it's never about her I know you know her dedication in her loyalty to her family is unmatched you know and it's just you know watching her go through the COVID years through deaths of her family members it's just it's been awe-inspiring and I think it's it's really inspiring to her teammates. And that's what I love about our culture and our, our locker room is we have a ton of diversity in our locker room and we have people from drastically different backgrounds, but they find a common denominator. And it's just, you can learn so much for, from Juju when you hear her story and when, you know, she lets you in and, and I'm just, she's going to graduate, you know, she's going to have a degree and she is going to be wildly successful in whatever she chooses to do. It is one of the best stories, and it is really remarkable to listen to the journey alongside you uh, while I've watched you coach, teach, mentor, and and love uh, a young woman who has had a tough going. But she's a remarkable player. I mean, she's a ticket-selling player. She's interesting to watch. She's explosive with the ball, and she's willing to make that unselfish pass. Um, what A lot of her passes result in a Mary Crompton three. Um, she sets up Mary to be able to knock down shots and do what Mary does well. When you look at Mary not practicing and, you know, her ability to come in and shoot and the IQ that she plays with, how important is that piece to what you're doing with your nine and two record and winning three in a row? It's, it's huge, you know, because defense is really key in on Mary. You know, Mary, you know, she's 5'8", you know, she's not ultra athletic. She's not going to wow you with the eye test. So, you know, people really do a, a great job of scouting our sets. We try our best to, to put Mary in, in spots to, to be successful. But Mary has the most success when Ju has the ball and we're playing in transition because it's tough. That's a little bit harder to, to key on one person. And Juju will tell you that that has been her focus these past couple of weeks is how do I get Mary more shots? And that's just, that's the type of young woman she is. She knows for us to be good, for us to have a chance to win our league, it's not about her scoring. It's about her facilitating. She's going to score the ball just because she's that gifted, but how can she make her teammates better? Chris, one of the things I admire about you so much is that you've come about it from every level, starting at the bottom and working your way up, right? From a high school coach to being a D3 coach, being a D2 coach, and now you're at the D1 level. Not many people have that same path. A lot of people want to skip a few of those phases. Would you change anything about where you sit right now? No, not one thing. You know, and I, I think it has helped me become the coach that, that I have become, and I am definitely still a work in progress, uh, but I just appreciate all the stops. You know, I, I think we're really spoiled at the division one level. And I think I have a great appreciation for all the resources we have. You know, I know at, you know, the division three level when I was at Benedictine university and I'm so thankful that was my first, you know, collegiate head coaching job uh, that I got. But I mean, we had one gym, there's 18 sports in the winter, you know, winter there's, you know, you have the netting, but like lacrosse is practicing on the rubber court. There's lacrosse balls because the netting doesn't go all the way. 
as the track team is running laps, you know, so it puts things in perspective. And I just, it's something that I really uh, try to instill in our players, you know, of just how fortunate we are and how blessed we are. And, and we try to spoil them, but let's always, you know, lead with that from a, a place of appreciation, you know, nothing is guaranteed, nothing should be given to us, but everything we do get, let's, let's make sure that we are, you know, extremely appreciative. You also are a coach's kid. And you've grown up, uh, your whole family is about athletics. Your grandfather's one of the most successful coaches ever in any sport. Uh, and, and then your dad and your brother. And, and just kind of talk about the influences that you've had before we get to Coach Al. Yeah, I just, you know, uh, that doesn't fall short on me. I am so fortunate to grow up the way I, I grew up. And I just thought it was normal. I had no idea that, you know, third grade girls didn't get picked up from school and go right to their dad's practices uh, at boys high school and, and run sprints with them. I mean, I have vivid memories of that. I mean, my poor mother, I mean, she's a saint for putting up with me. And, you know, I always compare myself. I, when I watch the movie, um, oh gosh, now it's, uh, what's the Denzel movie? Uh, the football movie. Remember Jeez, the Titans? Remember the Titans. Thank you. I, sorry. It's been a, I'm a not a movie weekend. person. I'm surprised I, was, I got I it. I was the little girl. <laughs> I knew the plays. I was yelling at the players. I mean, my first crushes were my, I mean, my dad's players were so sweet to me, but you know, I just, I loved every minute. I loved being in the gym. I loved the game of basketball. And I just, I loved being around my dad. I was the ultimate daddy's girl. And I mean, he, he walked on water and I just, I took everything in. I, I think I, I have a lot of his tendencies. It's funny that people, you know, being being at Illinois State in, you know, Joliet, where we grew up, was just 90 minutes down the road. So when people come watch me, they're like, oh, my God, it's like watching your dad. And and that and there's nothing that gives me more pride than when people say that, um, you know, and it just it's it's awesome. I have my cousin Scott on our, our staff. Uh, he's a coach's kid. My uncle Bob was a phenomenal coach in Wisconsin at Ripon College. And, you know, it's just Scott and I both know how fortunate we were. And what I love, Debbie, is I'm hoping my two children, Beckett and Emerson, uh, grow, you know, they grow up there traveling with us. They're around a the team. I I hope that I can give them the same memories that my father gave me. I can speak to that personally. That is very special because of my three, one of them is a D2 point guard and it is really fun to watch him play. It's amazing to watch what they can do. Uh, you always enjoy watching your kids. As long as you keep it in perspective, there are some crazy parents out there, as we know, we're not even going to go in that direction right now. Cause I, I don't want to take up your time on that. No, I promise um, Britt and I will never be those. We're more nervous about the people that are going to be coaching our children than, uh, <laughs> than what we're going to say in the same. We'll, we'll be quiet. We'll just cheer them on. So Illinois State every year shows up and shows out on the Play for K game with your donation level, with your support, and I know it's personal to you. Tell us a little bit about this year's um, a donation to the KL Cancer Fund and, and about Coach Al's impact on your life right now as you sit as a mom and as a head coach. Yeah, I, we were, I mean, yesterday was just phenomenal. I tell you what. Uh, Illinois State and the Bloomington Normal Community do play for K, you know, they do them proud. I mean, we do it the right way. And it was even a little bit smaller scale because of COVID, you know, when you think about the population we're targeting and, and COVID is, you know, that that's something that weighs heavily on that population. But we set a school record. We raised over $30,000 uh, yesterday. And I think some funds are still coming in. You know, that's something that this this community really backs and gets behind, you know, and I said after the game, I just, I hope and pray that maybe one of those dollars is a dollar that goes to find a cure or to find a medication that 
you know, helps people live a little bit longer. And I don't know, I, you know, but I, I also know that this is just a byproduct of, you know, what Coach Yao has done. And I have to give Stephanie Glantz a ton of credit. She, you know, she was the coach, uh, gosh, 10 or 12 years ago at Illinois State. And I think she, she planted the seeds in this community uh, of who Coach Yao was. And it's just, it's pretty funny that now I'm the coach yeah. at Illinois State. We have two former Wolfpack uh, members of the family that have been here. And I just, I'm looking to continue to grow it in our community and you know it's really important for my players every every year we watch a different video on coach Yao and I want them to know who she was as a person and I want them to understand uh what the foundation what the fund is what their goals are and what we're trying to accomplish and you know I just coach I mean Debbie as you know I, I think of her every day you know I just I miss her I just you know I, I try every day to carry on her legacy you know I know I'm a I'm my own person but what, what can I instill in our players that she instilled in me uh, I just, I said this this week, I've been asked this question a lot and I just, I would love to be able to call her and, you know, on, on good days, I wanted her to meet back in Emerson. You know, I think about my wedding, like big life events. I just, I wish I could have shared it with her, you know, and I just, cause those are some of the most important days with me and it's just something was missing. And no, I just hope that every day I can make her proud. That's, that's what fuels me. In the um, era of the transfer portal where kids are moving around and relationship building is so important, you know, we sit here today decades apart as players, yet have shared the same experiences with a coach that has impacted and influenced our lives and our families. So that's part of the legacy, right? That's how the legacy continues to grow. Um, what do you think Coach Al would say about the transfer portal? I don't think she would like it too much. I really don't, you know, I just, cause, but we were, you know, Debbie, I, we were so fortunate. We played for one coach, you know, it's unheard of, you know, someone that dedicating 34 years at one school. And, you know, I just, you know, we are friends because of coach. Yeah. You know, we're, we're what a decade or so and some change. I won't, I won't call out our ages or whatnot, but, you know, I got to know you by working her camp as a player and you would come back and that's, you know, and I could go down the list of, of other former players that maybe played 10 years before that I'm still in contact today. And I just, it's special, but I also know that, you know, the game has changed a little bit and, and people are moving a lot and coaches move and, and whatnot. I just, I, the transfer porter is a, it's an interesting beast. And I just, I know our staff, we try our best just to in the recruiting process, build great relationships and, and continue to sow those, you know, plant those seeds and water that garden when our players get here, just not about getting them here. It's about making sure they're happy. And I always say, I'm, you know, I, my job is I'm in charge of their memories. And that's, that's a, it's a lot of responsibility and every day is not going to be great, but I, I can make or break or, uh, you know, an experience. And we try our best to, to make sure every one of our players have an outstanding experience here at Illinois State. I try to tell kids all the time that when you get to be our age and you're done playing and you come back and get together with your teammates, nobody remembers who scored, who did what. You, you might remember a, an important win or a moment in a game, but basically you remember the shenanigans, the stuff you got in trouble for, the stuff you got away with, you know, things that you thought that she didn't know, which are still funny stories today. Is there any story that you want to tell, one story about your time at NC State that you thought even though the statute of limitations has run out on all the shenanigans at this point that you thought maybe she didn't know that you got away with that. It would be a funny story that someone oh. would really like to know about you and coach out. Jeez. Ah, oh, man. Anyone else? 
Oh, I have a lot of dirt. I, I don't, and I know you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. Uh, you know, my teammates said they, my nickname was the golden child because they said that I, you know, <laughs> I always tried to do the right thing. Now, yes. you know, behind the scenes, I don't know. I will tell you, I, you know, my senior year, um, Coach Yao, she, you know, we thought we were going to pull a fast one on her. It was New Year's Eve, and um, Summer and I convinced the whole team to go out. Um, we were all going to go out together and it was going to be this great bonding experience. We had it all planned and we thought we were going to pull it off. And even the, you know, the younger guys, you know, some are new, was able to get some people in and, and at the certain establishments. So here it is, it's New Year's Eve. We have this all planned, you know, Hey, you know, we only have one practice and then, you know, practice is going to be a little bit later on, on New Year's day. Uh, we show up to practice on, on New Year's Eve at, I don't know, noon or so. And then at the end, coach said, hey, by the way, we're practicing tonight at, at 7 p.m., 7 to 9.30. And then we have an 8 a.m. practice. On, and we just looked at each other like, oh, how did she find out? How did she know that we had all these plans? Yeah. We may or may not still have went out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, those times, it's just she was always one step ahead of us. You know, yeah. we always thought we could pull some stuff away. That was a mild story. I could have I could have a couple other ones, but that will yeah. be for, you know. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's for a different time. Uh, Chris, as you go down the stretch with your team here in the Valley and you're sitting in first place at the top of the standings anyway, or second place, uh, what are a couple of things that you're going to be telling your team as you grind out the rest of the regular season heading into the tournament? Uh, we've just been talking about just living in the moment, you know, and just nothing is guaranteed. I think if there's one thing that COVID, the COVID year had taught us, you know, the last I don't know, two years from the end of 2020, where I thought we were playing really well. I would, you know, that would always be the the what if year, because I think we had a great chance to head to Moline. I mean, our team was playing really good, but we didn't have that opportunity. And then last year was so crazy. We missed so many games and live in the moment. Nothing is guaranteed. And I just, what I love about our team, I think we're, we're playing with a great sense of urgency right now. Uh, you know, they love each other. This has been my most fun. I mean, this team is, they're great kids, man. They are so much fun to, to coach. And we just talk, we don't want it to end. We just, we let's just continue, just stay the course, keep our head down. You know, we talk about when we were bad, we weren't, we tuned out the noise. Now that we're playing well, we can't feed into that. It's just every day, just come ready to work and, and the results will take care of itself. The pure joy of coaching is exactly the way you described it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we'll see you soon. Sounds good.